Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. I'm excited about today's guest. Before I make that introduction, just a reminder, you are at the right place. If you are a beginning agent, if you're a veteran agent, if you're looking to increase your average sale price of a home you represent, particularly we're talking about high-end and luxury properties, and if you've listened to other previous podcasts and episodes, you know that luxury is all relevant, and for the sake of this podcast, we define luxury as three times whatever the average sale price is for your market. Again, you can listen to previous uh, podcast. You go to iTunes or Stitcher. You go to Luxury Listing Specials. Look it up. Again, please leave us your reviews. And if you have any questions, if you have requests for guests, and if you have some success stories, please email them to us. You can email them to me at michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. So um, with that being said, I'm really excited for today's guest. You know, luxury real estate, it's always evolving. And we're always looking for unique topics and bringing value to our listeners in various ways. And today I have uh, with me two special guests from Who's Who in Luxury Real Estate. I have the founder, John Bryan Lash, uh, and Megan Berry. Are you guys there? Yeah. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you. We're really excited to have you, and we were talking a little bit before we started the recording, and um, man, you guys have done some amazing things, and, and um, John, John Bryan, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll refer to you as Bryan from here on out. Bryan, uh, you, you, you had this idea in 1986. Um, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about you know, who's who in luxury real estate and, and uh, kind of your vision and how it started and, and kind of where we're at today, and then, then we'll get right into the topic. Hey, Mike. Um, okay. I started as a real estate broker in 1971 with a company called Ewing and Clark, which was founded uh-huh. in 1900, which makes it the oldest company on the West Coast. Uh, my practice evolved into the luxury market by 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 the mid '80s, and I felt that for me to be effective for my customers, I needed a broader broader exposure and broader connections. So I started contacting the companies that I'd done business with across the country, and we started Who's Who in Luxury Real Estate. It's a blue book published once a year. We've gone from this first year of 100 companies. Now we have over 500 companies. We represent about 130,000 luxury agents, and we're in I don't even know how many countries around the world. Hmm. In, 19, in 1986, 96, we decided that we needed to get even broader exposure, so we went to the Internet, and we started LuxuryRealEstate.com, which is, a, which is the most viewed luxury real estate website in the world. And then in um, about 2000, we started publishing our magazine, LuxuryRealEstate.com magazine, which is published three times a year. 
And about 30 years ago, we started having annual and now semi-annual conferences of luxury agents around the world, around the and and around the country. We've, we have we're at meeting in uh, this May in Miami. Last winter we were in London. Last fall I can't even remember where we were. Let's see, Megan, where were we? <laughs> so we, what Brian, what Brian has has accurately um, described is that we always have a new meeting somewhere, but we we do try to stay as um, geographically relevant to all of our members who are everywhere. Um, we do two in the U.S. or Canada and North America, and then we usually do one in Europe in the wintertime. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, forward to, uh, looking forward to the May event in South Beach, May yeah. 7th through the 9th, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you, you know, we talk about a lot of times at our trainings, Brian, we talk a lot about how people did not adapt, right? I mean, I grew up going to Blockbuster on Friday nights, and that's how you know they're not in business. You know, Toys R Us recently closed their doors. I mean, so you had this vision in 1986. You had 100 companies, and then 10 years later, you adapted. By the way, you bought the best URL in luxury real estate out there. Heck, luxuryrealestate.com. So thank you goodness. were you were visionary. Yeah, thank goodness. How about it, Megan? That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, you were visionary, and um, we're really honored to, to have you um, on this, this podcast. So thank you for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. And, um, Megan, tell us a little bit about, you know, there's two components to who's who in luxury real estate, and the primary component is the network. As Brian talked about, about 500 companies, 130,000 agents. Um, how, how many listings um, are, you know, currently on luxuryrealestate.com? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Michael, because when people ask us what the most important parts of what we do are, uh, I usually like to answer, well, it's the people and it's the website. Uh, and like we've talked about, um, you know, being a luxury agent is a, is a very coveted thing, but being connected to lots of luxury agents is really, really important. And they're, they're actually, I mean, in, in this wide um, industry that we're in, there are very few that are really at that top echelon. Um, but when you look at our website, um, like you mentioned, um, you know, from all the members, we have about 50,000 listings on the site um, and about, um, I'd say, um, about 70 countries that we represent um, through those listings. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have a very wide, wide-stretching amount of um, content. Yeah, and, you know, having that reach is important, right? And the network is important. I always use, this, use the saying, iron sharpens iron, and uh, networking and having a database and being connected in luxury real estate because you don't know where that buyer is coming from because uh, currencies and, and tax incentives or tax, you know, implications, especially with luxury, you find, you know, more of a demographic from a larger, you know, global perspective. Would, would, would you agree with that? Absolutely, and I think that, um, you know, Brian definitely had that vision when he started uh, the network because I think that, you know, we all know that those people buying houses over, you know, back in the day it was over a million dollars. These days it's over 5 or 10 or $20 million. Um, oftentimes if you own a home at the 
$10 million price point, you probably almost definitely have more than one of those homes. And they're probably in some of the other more, you know, most coveted places to purchase those homes. Um, so it's imperative for people who are listing and selling in, in important markets to be connected to one another. Um, and um, just to, to get back to, to knowing the right people, um, we consider we consider knowing the right people really really important, and that is that is what we do. We help facilitate those relationships. Well, that's, that's well put. I appreciate it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the topic for today, and um, I, I'm, I'm going to steal your thunder with the topic title, um, just because it's so intriguing, and it's the first I've ever heard of it. So. Um, Megan, uh, kudos to you on this, and it's social capital. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you know when we uh, contacted you, you had looked to see what some of the other episodes were on and, and some of the topics and so forth, and um, rightfully so. You said, well, let's talk about something that maybe hasn't been, you know, really approached as much, and, um, and you shared the term social capital, and when you first said it, I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that, if you remember, because it was a term I hadn't heard about. So tell me a little bit about, you know, social capital being involved with who's who in luxury real estate and your experience on um, how, the, you know, an agent's social capital is important for them to be successful to sell luxury real estate. Yeah, I I think that when you think about the way people are these days and the way they they used to be, we're we're so connected these days with you know social media and texting and our phones and you know we can we can connect with people so so easily now, but it's it's not always a real true connection. And I think that when you think about you know as an agent, who you know really is more important than what you know. I mean, you definitely especially in the luxury sector, you have to you have to be knowledgeable, you have to stay up with your with your with your information, but if you have a listing and you know it's perfect for that other person over there down the street around the corner, you wouldn't necessarily know that unless you know every everybody in your community. Um, you also need to have connections with people outside of your community. So to me, it's 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 a classic case of it's not what you know it's who you know, um, mm-hmm. like Brian for example. Brian, why don't you talk about um, some of the community involvement that you have, some of the clubs that you're involved in, and how you how you stay connected socially in your local market? Well, nothing's more important than a personal introduction. And we can be introduced to people all day long through the through the web and and uh, social media, but nothing is as valuable as a, as a personal invitation and a personal uh, endorsement. So what I do in, in, in my community and around the country is I try to be involved in as many organizations as possible, uh, clubs, associations, um, places where I can know and meet the people that are going to be beneficial to my customer base I'm constantly trying to improve my database of connections of people of, of influence. And so when I can t- tell a customer that I personally will introduce them to a broker in New York or Chicago or Florida, that has a lot more bearing than I will go to my to the website and try to find mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I would also add, too, so that, um, you know, I, th- I think that when you think about, you know, adding to your 
adding to your database of names and, and knowing the right people, I think sometimes think that that sounds like, well, I'm going to join the golf club and hobnob with the right kind of people. To me, it's, it's not about wealth. It's not about reach. It's about... It's about who, who those people are and are they the good people. Um, just the other day, for example, a former intern of ours from over 10 years ago, um, she's someone who actually started working with us years ago, then went on to work for one of our member companies. Um, she's just one of those people who you know she's one of the good people. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she contacted me and she said, you know, I'm moving to a new place. Who do you know who I could connect with? And I connected her with two of our member companies in that city and Within a couple of hours, these, these top executives at these companies were responding to an email that was sent to them by this young woman. And to me, the fact that I was able to connect her, a really great rising star in, in this industry, with some other good people who are really, really high-level people and have them converse right away, it, it proves to me that I, that I know the right people, regardless of what their title is or regardless of you know, where they are in the world and where they sort of imagine themselves to be. Um, to be a connector of people and to be a connector of people to property, to agents, to property, to people, it's really important and it shows people that you really know your local market, you're aware of what's happening in the world around you and you, you know markets beyond your own reach and you're just, you're just highly educated and highly connected and that, I think that resonates with people who are, especially people who are buying, buying in the high end. Yeah, and our members. Excuse me. Go ahead, Brian. I was saying our members are constantly in contact with each other on a one-on-one basis. For instance, last night I heard that um, one of our members from New York was in uh, Phoenix and contacted some of our Phoenix members and got together and had dinner. And those kind of referrals, where you actually know the broker and you know their territory, are invaluable to your customers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, you've heard, uh, you've heard. It's not what you know; it's who you know. Um, you know, being highly connected and highly educated. You know, having them both, right? I mean, being connected, but but when you get that listing, now what are you going to do with it, right? Especially in that upper tier market, and and we have a lot of members just like you guys uh, have members all across the world, and and in most marketplaces, at some price point, the shift occurs from a seller's market to a buyer's market, and you might have the connections to get the listing. You might have the connections where you think the buyers are, but in some marketplaces, there's still, you know, it's still stale market, and and so being highly educated and knowing how to position a home and 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 that sort of thing, you know, it, it's really vital. So. Uh, the the social capital topic it's a very it's a very timely topic you know as we go into you know the spring market we're in the spring market in most markets right now and um, you know really networking getting out there and and Brian you kind of hit the nail on the head um, is is connecting making those introductions I just asked for an introduction today from somebody um, so they they said hey I'm going to pass along your information I said well if you don't mind you know maybe make a an email introduction and I do the same for folks because it's much more powerful because the power of association would would, would that uh, is that how you look at it as well Brian and Megan exactly yeah exactly. definitely I know anytime anytime a, a client of ours a member of our network 
contacts me and says, I know this person, they're great, <laughs> they do good business, regardless of what industry it's in. If it's, if it's a real estate company who's um, appropriate to join who's who in luxury real estate, fantastic. Sometimes it's a vendor, it's some company that might be um, a great partner for us. So, you know, a company we could create an affinity relationship with that may be, um, that may be an important connection for our members to make. Um, you know, recommendations for speakers for our conferences, they're all, they're all always these kinds of things happening, and that to me is really what's most exciting about this business, and particularly what I find is, is um, apparent in pretty much every one of these top agents that I've ever met. Like, they just, they know how to connect with people, and they, they know how important it is to connect with people and things like this. Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our luxury listing specialist certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher-end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecialist.com. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's really, it's really important. And um, I, I wrote this quote down the other day. I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, I believe it was a Zig Ziglar quote, um, and it, I laughed when I heard this because I'd never heard it before. And it was Zig Ziglar. He said, shy, shy salespeople have skinny kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, you know, if you're afraid to network, if you're afraid to grow your database, if you're afraid to put yourself out there and, and, and network and communicate, you know, you, you're going to have, you're going to be skinny. You're not going to be able to bring home, you know, the, uh, you know, the bacon, so to speak. But yeah. salespeople have skinny kids from Zig Ziglar. I thought that was kind of funny, but it talks about social capital. That's what that's talking about right there. Is it, mm-hmm. is it not, Megan? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, the, the, best, the best luxury agents have this ingrained in them, and it's not something they have to force themselves to do. You know, they're, they're sort of naturally extroverted, and they're, they're, they're eager to learn about people and to talk to them and to, to hear what's going on. So that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. The other thing that our network allows people to do is to uh, expose their track record to the, to the community, to the membership in general. And that's a pretty powerful statement as well. If you can say that you've sold 10 waterfront properties in a community or that you've handled the top sales or uh, that you are the the most prolific in your community, and as you can get that word out, not only locally but internationally, that's going to bring you um, the customers that you want for your listings. Yeah, having that that network. And, and, and not just say, stating it, right? I mean, being able to pull out the iPad, the smartphone, to jump on, you know, in this case, luxuryrealestate.com, um, having the visual representation, having the portfolio, um, you know, because there's, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there in this industry, and a lot of people over-promise and under-deliver, as, as you probably know better than I do. And uh, that's why, you know, we only have reputable companies out there um, and that's why we have you on today. So, um, uh, Megan and, and, and Brian, is there anything else along that, that social reach or maybe something um, that uh, isn't directly tied to that but th- that you would like to expound on a little bit? 
I, I wouldn't mind sharing a little story, and Brian, you can kind of pipe in when you think it's appropriate, but this is really one of Brian's stories, and I'm, I'll just paraphrase it. But I think a lot of people, um, they sort of forget how community involvement can come back to you in spades. Um, and, you know, everyone has their, their causes that they're involved in or their clubs that they're involved in or things that they love to contribute their time and efforts and, and money to, um, you know, in, you know in, in different realms. But, you know, there, there was a time when um, one of Brian's, one of Brian's um, sort of visions was to ha- send a letter to um, the, the local newspaper here in Seattle about a big to-do that was going on about a property line um, for someone, a very wealthy person, for someone who works for one of the biggest companies here in Seattle. And Brian wrote a letter to the, the le- you know, letter to the editor, sort of backing this person up and sort of saying, hey, you know, everybody back off of the property line issue, you know, it's a valid mistake, blah, blah, blah. And so by sort of sticking his neck out and sort of, you know, showing himself and sort of saying, saying, you know, I, I, I feel this way on this particular situation, I, you know, I'm backing this person up, he actually gained the attention of that person, and then um, that person came and worked with Brian to buy and sell a home, and then to buy and sell another home, and then to buy and sell another home, and then little by little, he started referring all of the top executives in his company to work with Brian and his company. Um, And to me, it showed that, you know, showing the interest in what's going on around you and showing the interest in um, more than just, you know, I'm the top producer and I've sold the most houses in my community, but really investing in the place where you're listing and selling property, um, it really shows people that, that you're, you're quality stock and that you, you know, you're not just there to, to take their money and sell their house. You're there to make sure that the community you're listing and selling in is a better place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. I think the, the default answer for many real estate agents, especially when it's talking about luxury, is lower the price, lower the price. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes they're, they're overpriced, right? A lot of these properties might be overpriced. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But many times you have an uneducated agent. Maybe they, they don't have the experience. They don't have the network. You know, they're not highly connected. They don't have the social capital, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so they either panic or they don't know anything else to say lower the price, lower the price. And unfortunately, that affects the community. That affects home values. And again, maybe they are overpriced. But mm-hmm. in many instances, I've found, um, you know, talking to members and so forth, Megan, that, that, that they're not. And mm-hmm. um, there was a recent property that, um, that I uh, was interviewed for, and they went with an Ottoman area uh, agent. And the agent lowered it. We're talking 1.8 million. Lowered it to 1299. Sold in, in in two weeks. The thing was so price hacked. You know, could have it could have the, the price adjustment probably should have been one six ish, um, but you know 1299. I mean, anybody could sell it. And so they left hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. And you know. Consumers sometimes don't know any difference either. So having a who's who in luxury real estate is like a third-party validation, which, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to to you for, Brian, having this vision so many years ago because it, it is needed. It is needed. I talked to influential people from industries. You know, one of my good friends 
you know, Jim Morton runs a, a printing company uh, called Prospects Plus. I mean, he had a, an experience uh, in real estate where, you know, he went with someone that sold a lot in a particular neighborhood. But, you know, if there was that third-party validation company that would have, you know, held that agent accountable or perhaps given them the, the network um, and the connections, he would have felt much better about it, but he didn't really have any options. Um, you know, another gentleman that started a company and he sold it to DocuSign years ago, he bought a home and he said he would have paid two to 300000 more. It sold for, I think, one seven. But the, the listing agent didn't mention the pool, didn't man- mention the pool house. And not only that, didn't even show photos of it. So poorly positioned the home. He was thankful because he got a heck of a deal. But that's the problem with the industry. So I love having you know, who's who on and, 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 and you guys on because it's really about raising the standard because a lot of people talk about disruptors, disruptors. I go to these conferences, disruption, disruptors, this, that, that. And some agents are panicking. They get panicked by the red fins and the Zillows. And, and I tell them, don't panic. It's a people-based business. People don't care how much people know until they know you care. And and the human side of it, and that's why I think there's some synergies with your topic today and, and being highly connected and being likable. You know, Mike, um, one question that comes up a lot is uh, how, do I, how do I build social capital? How do I make connections? I, I'm, not that, I'm not in that circle, or I never will be. And I tell them the best way to, to, be, be, to build your social capital, to, to meet people of influence, is to get involved in your community, and, and not only in civic issues, but on the library board or the museum board or, or the school board or... Little League or any number of activities that you can do in your community, and that's how you're going to meet people of influence. And, and once, once you've worked with somebody at the local art museum, they don't care if you have a billion dollars or a hundred dollars. If you're involved in the community, you're helping out and you're showing interest in your community, it'll pay off for you in spades. So I often encourage, especially young agents, you can't get started soon enough with meeting people and getting involved in your community. That's great. Great advice. And, uh, you know, to piggyback off that, I I always tell, Brian, I always tell uh, folks as well, the best way to get referrals is give referrals. Lead with a giving hand. Be a connector. You know, we all know that connector. You go to a party, you go to a chamber meeting, go to the country club, and, hey, I, I got someone you got to meet, and they're connecting people, and that's called reciprocity. So if you walking out of a restaurant and someone opens a door for you, you feel obligated to hold the door for the person behind you. So reciprocity, lead with a giving hand, um, being connected. Brian, like you said, being involved in your community, uh, whether it be something philanthropical, whether it be just being involved, um, that, that is that is huge. I mean, I know so many successful male and females, uh, but you know, so many successful female agents that they first got their start because they were really likable. They were involved in the community, involved in the schools, and people liked them and they trusted them. And I tell people all the time that dealing with high net worth individuals, it's just like the movie Robert De Niro was in called Meet the Parents. It's very difficult to break into that circle of trust if you remember from Meet the parents and one of the ways you can do that is being connected in your community right brian and 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 being likable and trustworthy absolutely and one other thing we didn't mention yet is that um, all these connections are great but really what pays off is hard work 
Uh, just the other day, one of our competitors commented to to me about one of our top agents that she has the the most incredible work ethic he's ever experienced, which just means hard work, 24/7 hard work, and you're never going to succeed unless you work hard, and that means you have to accept the fact that it's a again a business that that occupies the vast majority of your time, if not all your time. So I always, yeah. say, I always tell people what the secret to success, and I think it's hard work. And everything we're talking about today is hard work, but if you don't have the work ethic to, to, to see it through and get through the tough times, you probably won't make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could, we could have now. A, 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 we could have a podcast. We could have a podcast just on that alone, but you're absolutely right. I always talk, start out my, my conferences with talking about building that firm foundation, and that foundation is, is that mental toughness because in this business you get kicked in the shins a lot, but, but you're absolutely right, hard work. If it were easy, Brian, everybody would do it, and with these million-dollar listing shows and everything, you know, they make it look so easy and multiple mm-hmm. offers and this, that, and the other thing, but, you know, that's far from the reality in most marketplaces, as you know, um, and it, it takes hard work. It isn't easy. Um, and, I, you know, and I tell people in the sales meeting, just look around. And you go to any sales meeting, you look around, and you know who's making the most money, and it's also the person that works the hardest. Yeah, and I do believe that luck is the residue of hard work, right? It's not, oh, you know, their ship sailed in or this, that. No, they've been busting their butt. They pound on mm-hmm. enough doors. Someone's going to say yes, right? Yep. Yep. We so great here in our office. No, just means not now. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Well, really, really, really good insight. Um, let me ask you: if anybody wants to find out more about who's who in luxury real estate, or maybe if they want to see if their company would be a good fit, or that sort of thing, um, Megan or, or John, what's what's the best way for them to uh, to go about? They can just go to our site. Our um our site, LuxuryRealEstate.com, has um, opportunities to contact us. So please, take a look. Contact us. And, um, and for the conferences, are conferences just for members or yes. if somebody yes. – Okay, it's just members-only conference. Okay, very good. Yeah, and, it's, and honestly, that's our, that's our way of ensuring that just like with our, our website, with our network, um, there's an application process. So it's, it's our way of ensuring that when people are in a room together with a bunch of other luxury brokers, um, they're, they're in good company and they're with people who are legitimately having their, um, you know, having, having their peers sit shoulder to shoulder and really tackle some big issues and, and, you know, learn from great speakers and listen to great panels, um, and listen to, you know, industry leaders. Um, we, we, we really don't like to have, um, people who want to break into the industry. Most of our members, um, or sorry, all of our members have to be people who are already representing, um, luxury real estate listings, um, listing sure. and selling. Okay. Fair enough. And, you know, we haven't made the official announcement either, so I'm, I'm proud to say that we are a pro- partner with uh, Who's Who in Luxury Real Estate, and uh, we're helping, you know, sponsor the spring retreat, and, you know, hopefully your members will be hearing more uh, about us as well. So yeah. it's definitely collaboration, and uh, I know you guys did your due diligence on us, and we're really excited to be part of, part of the network. 
We're excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks for being Happy there. Happy to work with you. Great. Great well, work. good. Well, hey, guys, you guys, I want to be respectful of your time. Amazing content. Um, uh, and, and, Brian, I just want to thank you for being a visionary um, because uh, that's really uh, – luxury is my passion. And you had a vision um, way back in 1986 and in 1995-96 with the, with the website and, and then growing the companies from 100 to 500 and 130,000 agents. And um, so thank you. And, 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 Megan, you've been with the company since you, you mentioned it offline, but how long have you been with? 16 years I've been with the company. Oh, my goodness. Well, great. Yeah. I, was, I started as a, a middle school intern, of course. <laughs> that's right. You started when you were six, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And Megan, and well, Megan has a fantastic job, unbelievable job. We owe well, a great deal of our success to Megan and her staff. How many are on your staff, Megan? We have about 20 people on staff right now. That's awesome. Big operation. Well, you know, Mike, one last thing I wanted to say is the, the other thing that makes our network different than other networks is that it's all-inclusive. We have franchise company, independent, boutique companies, large companies, small companies, and some of our competitors, if if you are an independent company and you buy a franchise, you're immediately expelled. And we, we, we welcome... Well, that's interesting. So so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So, so you're all-inclusive, so to speak. In other words, you still have to be a producer, and, and you got to fit you know, fit the criteria, so to speak, but whether you're Keller or Williams, Cobalt Banker, Sotheby's, Boutique A, Boutique B, it doesn't matter, correct? As long exactly. as you can prove to us that you sell luxury yeah. real estate and you're competent in what you do. And so and that's why our network gets bigger and bigger as well as some of the other networks are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. We never... Um, we never expel anybody for, for doing what they have to do to be competitive in their market. That, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a huge distinction between um, you guys and, and other companies. So um, that's great. I mean, there's, I tell people all the time, I'm a student of the game. You've got to be like a sponge. So I can learn from boutiques. I can learn from KW. I can learn from Cobalt Banker. We've had them all on our podcast because I believe everybody brings value, and we all have value, and I don't have a scarcity mindset. And unfortunately, many people in this industry do. They keep their secrets close to their chest. And so right. uh, hats off to you guys for uh, being innovators and being all-inclusive. Yeah. So anybody that has any interest in expanding their base, we'd love it if you get in touch with us. We'd love to talk to you. Great. And that's Luxury Real Estate. You're welcome. And that's LuxuryRealEstate.com. Again, Megan Barry and John Brian Losh, thank you so much for your time. Again, in the future, if you guys have any questions, just a reminder, go to Mike, uh, you can email me, Michael, at MarketingLuxuryGroup.com. Don't forget to download previous episodes on iTunes or Stitcher. And, again, if you want more information about our certification, our certification helps agents that are either breaking into or they're already selling high-end and luxury homes. They just want to distinguish themselves even further. You can go to LuxuryListingSpecialist.com. My name is Michael Lafito. Until next time, have a great day, and we'll talk to everyone soon. Bye-bye.